Hello, everyone. Hello. This is Chrissy. This is Casey, and you're listening to the Two C's Podcast. Um, This week, Chrissy is going to go first, but this week we chose missing people with our names. So, Chrissy couldn't find anybody with Chrissy, so she had to use her given name, which is Kristen. But we'll let her explain that. Let me explain what. <laughs> well, <laughs> how I who hate, your person is. How I hate the name <laughs> Kristen for myself, not other people. <laughs> That's just because she's too used to Chrissy. Probably true. Um. So you go first. I went first last time. Okay. So the person that I'm doing is the disappearance of Kristen Smart. Kristen Denise Smart was born February 20th, 1977 in Augsburg, Germany. Hopefully I say all the names right. They seem pretty easier this year, this week than last week. Kristen disappeared May 25th, 1996 from San Luis Obispo, California. She was 19 years old when she disappeared. She's been missing for 25 years. Kristen was born to Stan and Denise Smart, who are both teachers. Kristen has one brother and one sister, which is kind of weird because I have the same. The Smart family relocated to the United States when the kids were still very young and were raised in Stockton, California. Kristen enrolled at California Polytechnic State University, which is called Cal Poly for short. So, in the rest of the story, I'm going to just say Cal Poly because I'm not going to say the entire university name. It's too long. Uh, Cal Poly is in San Luis Obispo, Obispo, California. I know. I was getting there. A little slow. (laughs) The night Kristen disappeared, or first, let me say, she was a freshman architect major at Cal Poly. The night Kristen disappeared, she attended a birthday party of a fellow student around 2 a.m. on May 25th. I thought it was in this part, too, but maybe it's not. Oh, there it is. Uh, I did it again. Um, So she was... She departed the party around 2 a.m. on May 25th, 1996, which is Memorial Day weekend, might add. At the party, Kristen was acting as if she was intoxicated and under the influence of drugs. So when she left the party, she was accompanied by two fellow students, Cheryl Anderson and Tim Davis, When Cheryl Anderson and Tim Davis left the party, they left, when they first left, they didn't have Kristen with them. They walked out of the party and they found her passed out in the neighbor's lawn. Cheryl and Tim helped Kristen up and decided to help her to her dorm safely. So she got to her dorm safely. 
As they were leaving, Paul Flores, another student at the party, was leaving at the same time and offered to help Cheryl and Tim walk Kristen to her dorm safely. Then, Tim decided since Paul was there and was helping um, Cheryl, yes, Cheryl, that he lived off campus and had driven to the party that he was going to let them take Kristen to her dorm and then just head home. So Cheryl then decided, since Paul lived the closest to Kristen's dorm, that he could take her home, and she headed to her own dorm. Oh, dear. (laughs) After Kristen was reported missing, which was... The morning of May 25th, uh, when she did not come back to her dorm and her roommate woke up, she noticed that Kristen wasn't there and it looked like she hadn't returned because all of her clothing, toiletries, cosmetics, medicine, and all of that stuff, her identification was still in the room and it hadn't been disturbed. She contacted the authorities. The... the fr- Her roommate? Yes, contacted the university authorities not the actual police department the university security well they're police too okay so yeah um she contacted them and but they would not take a missing persons case because it was memorial day weekend and they thought that she just left and went on an unannounced vacation um i just want everyone to know how (laughs) angry this makes me feel right because I I don't know I don't know how many times you've heard stories of loved ones or you know even like her roommate would know what her what her deal was right and who she was I mean maybe the first week okay I'll give you that maybe she doesn't know who she is but like if you've lived with someone especially if you've lived with someone you know their ins and outs. Right, and it's been almost a whole school year, too, because yeah. it's May, so she's going to know. I just want you to know, I hate the limitations that we have had on missing persons. Like, you have to wait 48 hours. Oh, I'm sorry, they're an adult. Oh, they probably just went somewhere. Right. But anyways. No, it it makes me very angry, too. Uh... So, they ended up not filing the missing missing person's uh, report until the following week when she still hadn't shown back up. And then they contacted the local police department and let them know what had happened and that she was missing. So, Smart's parents have criticized the authorities the whole time, stating that, that they were upset that they didn't get involved in the case sooner. Because they were pretty sure that a lot of um, valuable evidence was lost because of it. For and, sure. Right. And the police admit that the delay hampered the investigation. That's too bad. Yes. So, after the missing persons report was finally filed, the police went to Flores to talk to him and ask him what had happened, you know, his side of yeah, whatever, to find out. Like, as much as they could about what had happened and why, when she disappeared. Flores allegedly told Smart's friend, 
which was Cheryl. Okay. The um, girl. Yes, the girl. That he would see Smart home. So the last time she saw him and Smart was when he was walking towards her dorm. Okay. Um, and then Smart was never heard from again. Now, also, she didn't have any ID on her. She didn't have any cash, and she didn't have any credit cards. Okay. So no identification whatsoever. Right. Flores, Paul, I'm just going to call him Paul because his first name's Paul. Paul was reportedly seen with a black eye later that day on the 25th. Okay. When the cops talked to him and asked him where he got the black eye, he claimed that he hurt his eye playing basketball with a friend. When the cops talked to the friend that he was supposedly playing basketball with, or he was playing basketball with him, the friend said that he already had the bruise when he arrived to play the game. Oh, okay. So he has a black eye. Yeah, what did you think I said? I thought you said a black guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, he got it somewhere? Like, I'm sorry, guys. Wow. Oh my makes, gosh. makes way more sense. A black eye. Okay. Somebody had hit him in the eye and it turned black. I see black. that. I see that. I see that. And I was like, where, where, where does one just pick up a black guy? Okay. Well, I'm sure there's lots I mean, of basketball too. So I was just like, sorry guys. Okay. <laughs> I okay. can't back to the story. I can't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when the friend <laughs> told the police that Paul already had his black eye <laughs> okay. when he went to the game, the cops <laughs> confronted Paul in his lie. Paul changed his story and then told the police that he hurt his eye while working on his truck at his father's home. So, okay, let's, let's get this up. I still can't get So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it's everyone. It's not funny. But it is kind of. Um, okay, so he told someone that he got it playing basketball. And then he No, also- no, no. He told the police yeah. when they came to question him. Because he had the black eye. That <laughs> yes. he got it playing basketball with okay. a friend. Okay, so who is he telling now that he got it from... The police, when they went back to talk to him... He changed his story. He changed his story okay. and said that he got okay. it while he was working Ooh. on a truck at his dad's house. Okay. Okay. I'm following. Are you sure? I promise. <laughs> I'll ask questions He then allegedly to. told another friend... Oh, dear. Not the police, a friend... This guy's changing his story left and right, guys. Right. That he did not know where he got the black eye. He just woke up with it. Hmm. I do that with different bruises, but not <laughs> ones around my eye. Right? Well, and I don't change my story three times. Because if you don't remember how you got it, you should just start with that one. Right? <laughs> you would think so. Okay. So then the authorities... No, I'm sorry. I went back to where I was reading before. Sorry. (laughs) Paul ended up dropping out of Cal Poly shortly after Kristen disappeared. Okay. But he had been getting really poor grades anyways and was in danger of failing the university. He also had been arrested for driving while intoxicated and had lost his driver's license. 
He removed all of his belongings from his dormitory room prior to a search of the premises by law enforcement, cadaver dogs, oh, by law enforcement. Cadaver dogs were utilized by the authorities, which led them to Flores' mattress in his former room during the investigation. But no additional evidence could be found because he had already cleared Cleared out his his room and left. Okay, switching to my next. So, Lacey, or not Lacey, Smart disappeared during the Lacey Peterson murder investigation. So, this is another... So, it's getting overshadowed. Yes. Because Lacey Peterson was a pretty big... Sort of. Yes and no. So, they had already found her body. Lacey Peterson? Yes, her and her um, baby's body. So, at this point... It's not a missing persons anymore. Got it's it. a murder investigation. Okay. So they at that time they already had Scott Peterson as a suspect for Lacey's okay. murder. So they are investigating Scott as a suspect or whatever. So Kristen disappeared. I it was before no. No, Lacey Peterson disappeared before Kristen, but her body was found, I believe, after she was Kristen disappeared. disappeared. Okay. Yes. So, after they found um, late Lacey Peterson's body, then it became a murder investigation, and rumors, unfounded rumors, might I add, were being circulated by the media, go figure, that Scott Peterson had something to do with Kristen's disappearance as well. Because Lacey and Kristen were both attending Cal Poly at the same time. So, police investigated Scott. And, of course, Scott Peterson denied ever having anything to do with her disappearance. And was like, I didn't even know who she was. Yeah. They, so the police investigated it. And they eventually cleared him as a suspect. And he didn't have anything to do with Kristen's disappearance. Yeah. Let's go back to Flores. Hold on. No, I'm just saying. I'm getting I'm getting there. So, between 1996 and 2007, several more searches had been conducted looking for her remains, as well as other evidence related to her disappearance. Several properties owned by Paul Flores' family had also been um, searched as well, with search warrants. On... September 26th, or September 26th, on September 6th, 2016, the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office announced they were investigating a new lead and cadaver dogs from the FBI were brought into the Cal Poly campus for four day, for a four day excavating an area near Smart Storm. Or Kristen's dorm, where she disappeared. Items were found at three different dig sites near Kristen's dorms, and the items recovered are still being investigated. And that was from 2016. Okay. Okay. Kristen's family then, or, well, they did this before, but this was later on in the story, so. Uh, Kristen's family declared her legally dead on May 25th, 2002. 
on the sixth anniversary of her disappearance. Six year. Yeah. What did I say? Just six. Oh, yeah. Six year anniversary. Because I believe you have to be... I thought it was seven, but I mean, I don't really know. I don't know. It might have changed, too, from maybe it, back then. So. Maybe it was a year after, so it would be the sixth. Well, whatever. I don't know. And then on September 30th, 2019, a podcaster named Chris Lambert released an eight-episode podcast on the disappearance of Kristen Smart. The podcast is called Your Own Backyard Podcast. I'm downloading it. Yeah. No, I listened to it. It's actually, it's pretty good. Um, It's been downloaded five million times. Good. And it... uh. Like, became, it brought the case back into the public eye or whatever. Yeah. And then in January 2020, two trucks that were owned by the Flores, Paul Flores, mm-hmm. have been taken in as evidence. On February 5th, 2020, search warrants were served for specific items of evidence at four different locations related to Paul Flores. I believe it was four different homes. Yeah, because you said that his family family owned a lot of property. Yes. On April 22nd, 2020, a search warrant was served at the home of Paul Flores in San Pedro, California, and numerous items of interest in Kristen's disappearance were collected from Paul's home there as well. Oh, that's scary. Yes. They also have found bones. They found bones when they did the dig site. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't say for sure because there's some articles say that they did find bones and then some articles say that it was just items of interest, but nothing has ever been, um, like all Confirmed. of, yes. And all of the search warrants were sealed. So you can't look up like what they found or anything because it's ongoing investigation and they want to make sure that nothing gets released to the public. Which makes sense. Right. Cause they don't want him to know what they found either. So. Yeah. Uh, at the time that all of the items were were seized, no arrest warrants have been made. Nobody's been arrested, obviously, because no arrest warrants were made. Um, all of the items are being investigated, but nothing has been released to the public. And they haven't said whether anything that they have is related to her or not. There was more. Oh. So, they have questioned Paul numerous times, but each time he invokes his Fifth fifth Amendment rights and refuses to answer any questions that they have. They've offered him a plea deal where he would plead guilty to involuntary manslaughter if he revealed the location of Smart's body in exchange for a six-year prison term, but he refused to offer. He is the prime... And only suspect in Kristen Smart's disappearance. As of right now, the authorities do not have enough evidence to charge him in her disappearance or her murder. Uh, And I think that's it. And then if anybody has any information, I have the local uh, police department phone number that you can call is 805-781-4500 and that is it 
Well, hopefully someone can bring Kristen Smart home so her family can have her back. Right. Um, mine... That's really sad. It is. Um. But at least they pretty much know who did it. I mean, I don't want to say for sure. Allegedly Allegedly. Because you never really know. Yeah. But but... I'm pretty sure that... And did you want to say your sources? Uh, no. Oh. I don't have it with me. It It was different articles. One was the Charlie Project. It was. And then there was also Wikipedia... And then there was a couple other articles as well. Okay. So, I am doing um, Casey Perry. And she is actually from... She was from Oregon. Yay! Hometown girl. Um, Southeast Portland, actually. Oh, we used to live there. I know. And uh, so, my sources are The Charlie Project, an article from Caitlin Bolduck. Bolduke. Something, I'm sorry. (laughs) There's a Facebook page um, that is Bring Casey Perry Home. And um, so here I go. So she is a white female. She was 10 years old at the time of her disappearance. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Four, six, um, about 60 pounds. She had Sandy. She had Sandy blonde hair. With blue eyes. Hopefully she doesn't pick up a black eye. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, go on. Okay. Her hair was shoulder length at the time of her disappearance. Her teeth had been said to be in bad condition, uh, described as decayed. So I'm just thinking she probably didn't go to the dentist very often. Probably not. Um, she has a scar on her right foot. Near her ankle and a large mole in the middle of her back. She was wearing a beige polo with wide white stripes, blue jeans, black and pink socks, and black sneakers. And um, the Charlie Project has um, says that she has DNA on, on that's available on file. Um, so she was missing on September fourteenth, nineteen ninety. She would be 40 years this this year. 40 years old. Um, that was a long, I, long time ago. Yeah. I have a um, picture of when she was 10 and then an age progression picture when she would have been 26. And I'll post those. Um, we'll post them on the Facebook page and the Instagram page. Yeah, because I also have pictures of Kristen Smart and then Paul Flores. And I think there's an age progression one as well. Okay. Um, so she, um, at the time of her disappearance, uh, she was visiting her father's home in the 2200 block of Southeast 37th Avenue. They discussed, they had been, um, shopping earlier that day and, um, I don't know, like, what the specifics are, but, um, he had been talking to her about um, her moving in with him and his wife, um, or she wouldn't be allowed to visit him anymore. I don't know what that means. I don't know if like the mom was gonna take her somewhere. I don't know. I don't know any more than what I had read. So sorry about that. Her mother and father were never married, and her mother had legal custody, and her father was concerned about 
her living conditions with her mom. I don't know why there was an ultimatum that if she didn't come and live with him and his wife, she wouldn't be able to visit him anymore. I don't, I, I don't know. So they argued and Casey went to bed about 10 p.m. And at 11 p.m., her father went to check on her and found her gone. And her father frantically searched the house and the neighborhood, and he drove around the block looking for her, thinking that she may have left on her own because she was angry. Now, back in the day, like, when we were kids, we'd stay out, you know, it's quite different than what it is now. Right. Um, we, we lived in a small community, um, kind of on the outskirts of a bigger town. And we would stay out until it was dark or whatever and then come home. Right. And then we sometimes we would sneak out too. Yes. But I mean, that's for a later discussion. Um, but we didn't live in the city. Well, and we weren't afraid of anything. Like, to us, that was no concern to us. Yes. Like, we would walk to the little store, which was what? Like. It seemed like two miles. It did. It seemed like it was but forever. It but it wasn't that far. Um, but I can't imagine being a ten year old in a city. I mean, like she lived close to where we were living. No and no, because now that I have a kid, there's no way I would ever let him even now and he's only twelve or he's twelve, I still wouldn't let him just So I mean, I can totally imagine what this dad was going through. Right. Like Freaking out. Like I it's would one freak thing, out, It's one yes. thing to live in the country. <laughs> it's another thing to, like, or even live on the outskirts of suburbia. It's another thing to live in the middle of a city. Well, yeah, because we live out in the middle of nowhere, and if I woke up one morning or went to go check on Parker and he wasn't in his room, even being out in the middle of nowhere, I would freak out. Well, yeah, because he ain't going anywhere, guys. He doesn't <laughs> like to exercise. He doesn't like to leave his room. <laughs> I mean, we love this kid, but like I said, it's totally different. Kids kids are playing video games, they're watching movies. I remember when we got older, we started watching movies and, you know, watching TV and stuff, and hardly we still went outside but it wasn't yeah, like no, when we were little we kids. played outside well i guess you're right for me i guess i should probably just talk for <laughs> now we were doing stuff we weren't supposed to be doing <laughs> but we don't need to talk about we that. don't <laughs> so this poor girl i can't even imagine her being 10 years old in the middle of a city it being like 10 p.m So, when he couldn't find her, he called the police. And, like, I had said before, thank God the police, like, took it seriously. And I know things have changed, and I know things are a little bit different. Well, a 10-year-old, that is something that they would have to. Well, I've heard and read some different stories. I mean... That's very true. I would hope. But they did take it seriously. And so they started searching for her. Good. Um... And I know, like I said, I know things are different now, but I don't, it like really breaks my heart to hear that, oh, the police waited a week or they waited two weeks or I'm sorry, but we're going to have to wait 48 hours because, you know, she's probably at a friend's house. But anyways, that's not the case in this, in this situation. So the police came. And noticed that no one had broken into the house, so it appears Casey had left on her own. 
It seems she had taken some extra clothes hidden in a purse when she had left. So I'm assuming that her clothes were gone, the purse that she had been carrying was gone, Yeah. and that's how they know this. The police think she may have been trying to get back to her mom's home in Kaiser, Oregon. Now... Ooh, that's far. Well, I'm just thinking, I don't know, I guess I should have, like, referenced it, but I know that Kaiser seems far away, because well, that's where In-N-Out is, right? Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> but... Like from Southeast Portland? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, no, that's, that's far, a long distance. Especially for a 10 year old? Yeah, because it's 45 miles. It's, no, it's 45 minutes to Kaiser to us. Yeah, no. And I would assume that it's longer from Portland. Well, at least an hour and a half, two hours. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, long, too long for her to just, like, get to Kaiser. So, witnesses say that they saw her at Kino's food store. In the 2400 block of Southeast 39th Avenue near Division, about 10 blocks from her father's house. And this was all after 11 p.m.? This is, well, her dad didn't check on her until 11, so yes. So this is the police searching the neighborhood and finding um, people that may have seen her. Do you know if she had, like, money on her? I, I don't know. Okay, because I was wondering if maybe she took, like, the bus or something. I haven't seen anything. I had not read anything that said that she had her own money on her. Okay. Um, oh, Sorry. my gosh. No, I just want to say that it says in her purse that I wrote down. I was like, oh, my God, if I say that it has money in her purse, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> It doesn't. Okay. Okay. In her purse, it was speculated that she had had a pink blouse with a large black buttons. So, unfortunately, this happened in 1990. So, it was before there was cameras everywhere. Yeah. So, there's no surveillance footage of the little store that, that she had been seen at. So, later, the purse and clothing were found near the store. No one knows if it was tossed there by an abductor or if Casey had thrown them there. And I'm thinking that a 10-year-old, I mean, I guess it's been a long time since I've been 10. So, I don't think a little kid would just, I don't think a 10-year-old would just throw her purse away with clothes in it. Absolutely not. So, I'm thinking definitely foul play. And I could be wrong. I'm allegedly thinking. I, I don't think so because... One, you don't know how long it's going to take you to get to wherever you're going. Yeah. You're going to want the clothes in case you need to change your clothes. Like, especially if she's walking, like if she gets dirty or something. Yeah. She's not going to want... I'm just thinking a 10-year-old should be in bed. Well, yes, (laughs) that too, but... I mean, I don't know. I also... I don't know. But anyways, at one point, search dogs had picked up her scent near Laurelhurst Park. Um, they also had divers search the pond, but nothing was found. There were tips at one time of someone looking like Casey hitchhiking on I-5. Um, but I think they figured that to be of a young male. Um, but they're not quite sure. Okay. So, police have persons of interest, but no one has been charged or been named as a suspect. So, they have, they have one person 
Um, a for a former boyfriend of her mother's had confessed to her murder in August of nineteen ninety one. He said that he had buried her remains in a wooded area outside his hometown of Kelso, Washington, which is like insanely far away too. So I don't Yeah. Um That's weird. But they never found anything but animal bones. So he has since recanted his confession. He also said he believed that Casey's dad had something to do with it, but there is no, like, I repeat, no evidence to support his allegations. Casey, unfortunately, has never been seen since. Her case was looked into again 26 years later, and um, I don't know if they found anything else or anything helpful. Um... I just, I can't imagine me being that young and going out and walking. Like, I, like, especially in the middle of the city. So, who knows what happened to her. But hopefully, hopefully, people will listen to this. Maybe they know something. So, witnesses may contact Cold Case Homicide Unit investigators directly at 503-823-0400. If you would like to remain anonymous, please contact Crime Stoppers of Oregon. Text CRIMES 274637, type 823-HELP, followed by the tip. Or... Online Crime Stoppers of Oregon, submit online tip, or you can call 503-823-HELP, which is 4357. So, unfortunately, Casey and Kristen have never been seen again. It's so weird to listen to somebody else's I know. name, but it's the same name. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, please, if you... Share this. Share this podcast. Like, we want these people to be found. We want them to be brought home. We want the people that did something to them to be found. And we know that people talk and things get said and over the years and whatnot. But, um, so, what are you liking this this week what's been your obsessions nothing really i mean i'm just watching uh aurora tea garden movies i love those movies i know me too hallmark and the, mysteries are amazing and the ones with ali sweeney is that her name oh allison sweeney yeah allison sweeney i like those too yes um those my favorite so we did end Book one and two of North and South. Yes. Very good series if you haven't watched it. Um, I oh. learned... I mean... I love Patrick Swayze. We also, like, looked up shit to see if it was, like, <laughs> legit happened or whatever. So it was kind of interesting to see stuff that I probably have forgotten since high school when we were actually learning this stuff. You mean when we were supposed to be learning it? Well, I learned it. I liked history. Ugh. 
I didn't, but I really had a crappy teacher, so. Yeah, you did. I had a good teacher. Um, so, I have watched Dirty John for a season. I listened to the podcast. Um, this was recommended by one of our friends, Amanda. Um, Amanda Wilcox. She, she and her sister also have their own podcast. Um. Sisters. Won't you be my sister? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we so didn't subs- forget it, I swear. <laughs> we didn't. We got sidetracked for a second. Um, but you guys should um, subscribe su- Subscribe to theirs as well. They're pretty funny. Yes, they are. We're funnier, but they're pretty funny. Oh my gosh, that's not nice. <laughs> um, but anyways, Amanda suggested... Um, Dirty John, she's been doing it for, like, the last year or two, like, putting in hints or whatever. So, what is that about? Because I heard you guys talk about it, but I didn't watch it. Okay. So, Dirty John is about a guy who is a con man and a manipulator. And he ends up manipulating um, his last wife, and then things progress... And get worse. Okay. And something happens. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not going to explain that to you. I'm just excited that Christian Slater is in season two. Yes, but that is a whole different story. I don't care. I just love Christian okay. Slater. <laughs> um, I think Eric Bana is the male in the first season and Connie Britton. I think that's how you say her last name. I don't I know apologize who, if it's not. I don't know who that is. So. Um, You'll know who she is. Okay. Um, But anyways... The podcast, I believe it's just called Dirty John. Um, I binged it in a day. Um, I'm not going to tell you when because, yeah, but. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um, I might have been working while oh. I was listening to it. Like, I mean, when I was on break and stuff. Um, now, I'm cro- now I'm watching The Crown. And I've gotten to season two, and also very interesting. And I know it's Hollywoodized and everything, but it kind of, it it's nice to see the insides of things. And like how people become who they are, and who they, why they show you certain faces instead of like the real person. And... Like, because, you know, Queen Elizabeth wasn't, Queen Elizabeth II wasn't supposed to be queen to begin with. Okay. And so at, I think, 13, her uncle abdicated the throne. And I know some people are rolling their eyes and falling asleep. But anyways, her dad (laughs) um, ended up taking over the crown. And then when he passed away, she became she became queen, and it's just it's sad because she doesn't get to be a little kid. She doesn't get to experience childhood. It's it's insane. So it makes you realize like maybe how Charles grew up, and then maybe how William grew up, and and it's kind of nice to see the difference in like. Who she is, who Charles is, who William is, and who their families are. Well, it also makes you appreciate your own life as well. Yeah. Like, that you didn't have to... I couldn't imagine having to grow, like, that kind of responsibility. No. No, thanks. 
It's insane, guys. I'd never want to be in charge of a <laughs> a country. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, But also, we went back to work last week, and we started on a Tuesday, and I'm kind of excited to go back to work tomorrow and actually start on Monday. Because starting on a Tuesday, let me tell you guys, especially in the shipping department... I personally would still like to be off. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But only if I could actually go on vacation somewhere. This staying at home stuff just isn't working for me. No. It doesn't give you the satisfaction of actually having stories to come back and tell you guys. Right. And we like to like go places. And we had to cancel all of our vacations yeah last year like most of you guys but at least we did we did go to disneyland yes like the week the week before it shut down i believe we came home and it shut down like within a week or something like that and then we were supposed to go again in october of last year and we had to cancel because they didn't open back up they still haven't opened back up i know i'm so sad poor covid if anyone knows we're obsessed with disneyland all things disney yes we are (laughs) Um, because, segue into, we had game night with friends ah, last yes. night, and we played the Haunted Mansion game, which was awesome. So much fun. Yes. That was fun, yeah. It was very confusing at first. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure we were gonna get it, but that was fun, yeah. So we played that, and we played Stupid Deaths. That one was interesting. It was kind of cool, because it's got, like... Random people, like, from all different... Well, from all over the world. Yeah. And just, like, very random ways of dying, and you have to figure out if it's true or false. And then, as you're moving around the board, the Grim Reaper's moving behind you, and... Yeah, it was... It was pretty funny. So, we had lots of laughter last night. Um, we got to share the evening with Angie, James, Amanda, and Shannon. And Oh, and we ordered more masks. And we did order more masks. <laughs> I'm so excited. Cause well, I got a sloth mask. And then Casey and I both got the shiny masks. The twins. Yes. And if anyone knows, I love the shiny. <laughs> because I love Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I have here, um, that even if you can't get together with friends and family, um, we kind of have a tight group that, um, we kind of all know, like, who we each see and stuff and how careful we are. Um, but if you can't be together, do, like, get a Zoom account and do games over Zoom. Like, we that's how we started. We started with Yahtzee with these guys. And it's just as fun. I mean, it's a lot more fun being in the same room. Right. Um, But it's still, we had fun. And it wasn't like, we didn't feel like we were stuck. Yeah. Because like you're, ha- you're laughing and you're joking around and you're talking about old times. And, um... Uh, so that's what we did in the start of the the pandemic. Um, but stay in touch with loved ones any way that's safe. Like, get creative. Start writing letters, FaceTime, Zoom. Just make sure you're staying safe. 
because that's the most important thing. Um, I think I'm done. Me too, except for next week is my favorite. We're doing <laughs> we're doing mysterious like places or ghosts and stuff. I'm really excited about this. This is yeah. gonna be my favorite one, I think. But all right. That's gonna be awesome. I think that's it for today. Yep. Stay safe. Keep it real, ladies and gentlemen. See you later. Bye. Bye.